Welcome back, my friends, to That's So Fringy Podcast. You have made your way one more time to the coolest show on the internet. And uh, we know that you're glad that you're here. We are glad that you're here. And we hope that you are just having a blast listening to all of these episodes. I know some of them are heavy. You know, we talk about all of these things. And as we're now in our series for all of these false flags, things get kind of heavy. Um, but we wanted to start out by just saying, hey, welcome back. We uh, we love interacting with you guys, communicating with you guys. And we also want to let you know what we've got coming up in the future. So we have some really cool guests lined up. Um, there's uh, Let's see, we're going to be doing more false flags, but we have people coming on. There's a gentleman coming on by the name of Paul that's going to be talking about some clowns. Is that right? And that's a very interesting topic for me. Uh, I heard him on another podcast and Kristen heard him on a different podcast and we linked up and we were like, we got to get this guy on to talk about clowns because he he just connects so many dots. And so stay tuned for that one. That one's going to be fun. Also coming up, we've got a mashup. That's right. You heard me. Um, a Q&A mashup. And this, this is for anybody that maybe goes to church pretty regularly, or maybe they've gone to church in the past, or maybe they don't go to church, but they have these burning questions about the Bible, about Christianity. But maybe you don't feel like you can ask those questions or those things in your congregation. Maybe maybe there's nobody around that you feel connected with or, or close enough to where you can ask those questions. Well, this mashup show is going to be just for that. So we're welcoming all questions. It's going to be myself. It's going to be uh, Rod from Millennial Mustard Seed. He's going to be there. We're going to have Michael um, from the Fringe Radio Network. And that's actually where this is going to be broadcasting is on the Fringe Radio Network. We are going to be live at that time. So you can you can uh, get a hold of us at that time. If you follow Michael, uh, you can go to Fringe Radio Network com and you'll find all of the links and everything to his show he has um let's see he's got a lot of shows space force he's got uh, i'm sorry space force spirit force spirit wars and um he has one with his wife called strange o'clock so that's a good one and if you are a fan of that show he's michael's going to be there also the days of noah podcast pete from the days of noah podcast is going to come on as well. So the four of us are going to be hooking up together next Saturday, which will be the 11th. And it's going to be 11 o'clock Eastern time. So this week, what we're asking from you from this Sunday until next um, Saturday is ask questions that you might have. Uh, you can do it on Instagram. You could email us um, if you have access to the internet, which hopefully you do. You can go and get on our website. Not very many people go to our website, but that's okay with us. It's just a landing page for those that are maybe still kind of old school and stuff like that. People like websites. Um, most of the podcast stuff that we do uh, interactive wise is on Telegram and on Instagram. So um, if you want to send an email, we'll definitely write you back. Um, it just might take a little bit longer. So all of that said to say, ask your questions. We hope that you're excited about what's coming in the future. But for today, drum roll, please. Ba -ba 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 -ba. What do we got Good coming drummer. up for today? Do we want to continue in our 9-11 series? Yes. We have part two of our false flag series, the 9-11 attacks. So we'll go through 
a little bit more of the stuff we have. We're, we're not going to recap what we did last week in part one. Mm-hmm. Just listen to it if you want. But we kind of spelled out the main narrative of what, you know, what the news was, was have, trying to have us believe. Um, and then we started with a few discrepancies, but now we're going to get into the meat and potatoes. The nitty gritty, as they say. And we're in our Oregon uh, gear That's because right. we just beat Cal. Mighty Oregon. And it was, it was a fun game to watch. Sorry for any of you out there that are fans of the California Cal Bears, but uh, we had to take them down. We had to do yeah. what the Ducks do, and we don't apologize for this. No. We don't. What else? Won't. What else is new? Um, let's see. He is uh, getting close to popping. More and let's more see. pregnant. We have a by few weeks day. left. We have a few weeks left, but yeah. we're on call for go time. Mm-hmm. What we want to know is, is can we go live from the delivery room? From the, <laughs> <laughs> from the midwifery. <laughs> Oh my I God. don't know if anybody wants to see that. I'll just do a play-by-play, play. like I'm an announcer. I'll just be like, right now, be outside the door. Yeah, stirrups, like, floating around in the pool. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Well, we can't okay. wait for Malachi to I come. Know. He's going to be the sweetest baby. We know that hopefully all of you out there in fringy land are praying for Bethany and praying for Malachi and everything to be um, as it should be God's way. You know, it's going to go smoothly and we believe that in Jesus name. So with that, we're going to get into the episode. That's an update for what we've got going on. Let's get into it. Kristen, I think we stopped with NORAD. Is that correct? We did. Okay. So in part one, we ended with some discrepancies to the narrative um, and one of those discrepancies involves NORAD. So for those of you that don't know what NORAD is, it is North American Aerospace Defense Command. So their job is to essentially intercept rogue flights or flights that are off course or whatever. They, they're kind of the protectors of the aerospace. So that's what they literally sit there all day long and make sure the flights are staying on their flight path. And if they're not, they're intercepting them with aircraft or they're talking to them like, hey, what's going on? I mean, it's that's their job. They also protect uh, Antarctica, but that's a different right, story, right. different topic. So just to give you a little perspective, in the nine months between September 2000 and June 2001, so in that nine-month period, NORAD intercepted 67, had 67 routine interceptions that were planes that were off course mm-hmm. so and i mean i would say in a year we have maybe a, had maybe a hundred around that time a little bit a little bit less but that's i mean it's quite a bit of planes that are going rogue for whatever reason um so they have part of their training is they make these mock scenarios of things that could happen and you know it's like training for any other job you sit there and you go they go oh this plane is you know da 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 so <clears throat> they had a mock scenario that surprisingly was uh what would we do if airplanes ran into the world trade centers mm. so just what? oddly specific but that was one of their so random their their mock trials um so on 9-11 the four planes that were off course they were off course for over an hour with no interception no contact from norad no, nothing. These planes were just mm-hmm. off. Four of them were off course. 
for that long. Well, and that would just lead into the confusion of the matter, right? I mean, if you have a military drill, which I've been a part of hundreds of, they're very organized. They have mm-hmm. a lot of uh, objectives, checkpoints, things that you need to get done. They're watching you for certain maneuvers and certain, you know, things that you're doing right. And so if they start calling on the radio, like you're confused. You don't know, like, is this real? Is this mm-hmm. a drill? Is this not a drill? Which is why they usually say over the radio when you're getting like an emergency broadcast or something like that, this is not a drill. Mm-hmm. And they started hearing these, this is not a drill messages. And they were like, how is it that the exact same scenario just actually happened? Right. It's so what? to give some perspective, flight 11, which was the Boston to California flight. It was the first plane to hit. Uh, it over half of its flight, it was going in the wrong direction. And nobody not, said anything not just about- like a couple of degrees off course or something. It was going in the wrong direction for over half. So while so, okay, so they're in a military drill while the attacks are actually happening okay so yes there is so one of the things that happened shockingly on that morning of 9 11 is that they were in they were in a mock drill they were having what did they call it war games literally that morning yeah so they were so everybody at norad apparently was was doing this mock drill and so the reason that they, according to them, the reason that they didn't do anything for an hour was they thought that it was part of the drill. Yeah. So who thinks yeah. it's a coincidence that they had this drill going on <laughs> that same morning as, as these attacks were actually happening? I mean, some of you may have heard the saying, how many coincidences before it becomes yes. mathematically impossible. I mean, I think it was... I'm not sure where I read that, but for those of you that have read that, you know that this is a very statistically this this will not happen unless it is an inside job. That's right. So, like somebody statistically, has to know that's that the this only was reason. going on, yeah, at right. that exact time. Um, so there, are a, another discrepancy with Norad is that she there was a lady from the ground crew that she said she called in shortly after eight a.m that the plane had been hijacked and she swears up and down that she called it into NORAD and then they did nothing. So in their defense is we didn't think it was real. Which would be a valid excuse if you, you know, if you are compartmentalized, right? Mm -hmm. If you are in a compartmentalization, because a lot of people might be thinking right now, like, how would it be that they were able to pull this off and and these guys weren't even paying attention because they were confused? Well, if it if it's completely compartmentalized, like we've already talked about hundreds of times, how the how the secret government likes to work, you know, mm-hmm. the, the black ops, especially they they will compartmentalize everything. So everybody that that is even part of it, whether they know it or not, they're part of the setup. They're part of the drill and they they get bamboozled because they think right. that it's real based on their their training and everything like that. But they're not doing anything because they're waiting for orders to to get something done and when you compartmentalize people and that confusion leads to success because 
they don't have any orders. And that's how and the here's another works. coincidence. So uh, these plane, these NORAD did nothing about these planes for this whole time, even though they, they were going in the wrong direction. They're very, very clearly off course. They were headed for California. Mm. So they were nowhere yeah. near where they were supposed to be. But after the plane, the first plane hit the first trade center, um, it only took them 30 seconds to call it in as a real, a re- the real thing, not a simulation. So 30 seconds after the, the plane actually hit, it, then th- that was when they were all alerted that this was actually happening in the real world. Which is too that late. Quick, that quickly. It's too late. I don't late remember hearing point. anything mm-hmm. about NORAD or like none of this was ever talked about. I don't think in the mainstream news oh, media. No. Not in Mm-mm. the news at all. Mm-mm. I mean, at the very beginning, there were some things that were reported, like explosions, as we talked about last week, you know, the explosions and the rate of explosions and all of the things that the eyewitness testimony saw on the ground that the discrepancies between, but nobody was talking about, you know, NORAD being on this. um, this I didn't even know that that was a thing. Like, I mean, I I knew that there was, you know, obviously some kind of patrolling of of the skies. If I even really thought about it back then, because we were young. I mean, we were 19. So I probably wasn't really thinking that much about it. But I mean, I remember thinking there's got to be somebody that's policing the airways. But Mm -hmm. we didn't hear anything about NORAD that I remember on the news or on the radio or anything. Yeah. Well, and that's what the Air Force is supposed to be doing, right? They scramble in the event of something like this. Right. They they take care of the skies. And when, but however, if you're having an event that morning, a, a training simulation, nobody's going to be ready. It's kind of like I used to do active shooter drills and used to do like clearing houses and stuff like that. And if you're going live for that, it's very dangerous because you might cross muzzles and stuff like that. So you would right. use simulation simunition rounds which is basically like a soapy round um that just lives leaves a mark and so when you would do those nobody was prepared to actually fight a war to actually do real um live events because we were all simulating we were in the middle of a simulation so we would have had to go get our real guns or take off the you know top piece to our our simulation piece and put on our real upper and put real bullets in and but those bullets are stored away somewhere else because we don't want to have any negligent discharges or any issues and so you just could imagine in the middle, if they were to say, we're being invaded right now, our base is being invaded, you have to stop everything that you're doing. It would take a minute to get your head wrapped around that and then to start switching gears. Now you got to, you know, now you got to scramble jets. Well, how many yeah. jets do we have available? Turns out right. they didn't have very many they, because they were all doing these drills. So they were all right. flying out in different areas, doing different drills occupied in other areas so if you wanted to even if you wanted to scramble a jet you couldn't there wasn't time it was already done i mean you would think though like if we're doing a a drill on this i'm assuming it was planned we're going to do a drill september 11th at whatever time they would at least have a few people who were actually watching the airway like well everybody's in the drill but we have three people who are right my understanding was that it was more like the East coast was doing this drill. It's like, it was a semi-annual drill. So they did it a couple of times a year. Um, so I think the West coast was doing it or the East coast was doing it and the West coast wasn't, which was awfully convenient. If mm-hmm. you ask me. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 
there's people that actually have the manual from that day that mm-hmm. was the what what we are doing during this mission and it mm-hmm. had on the front cover the twin towers being hit by right. planes like that's how that organized was the war game they were playing and it, it's interesting was. that they call it a war that's what they call those yeah. simulations were war games mm-hmm. it's very interesting I find it interesting. The play on words. Well, it makes me so. Think anything back. else you have about NORAD? Um, no, because I don't want to get into Antarctica. <laughs> but the fact that they episode. they basically cover NORAD, so North America um, is is what they're supposed to be taking over. But they really they really patrol the upper um, upper continents. You know, so they're kind of in, in charge of the upper continents, America and Canada and stuff like that. So they're patrolling those borders and, and everything like that all the way down into South America, because then that becomes the Southern Hemisphere on a globe. But the Southern Hemisphere then should have a Southern Command, which is a whole different command. Then you have a Pacific Fleet, like in the Navy of Pacific Fleet, and you have an Atlantic Fleet. So you're not when you're taking out NORAD, you're not really taking out the whole of America. They still have these things, but as far as and this was a pretty localized area, like you mm-hmm. know, they, it was it was not like these planes were spread out that far. They were between right. D.C. and West Virginia, or where you know. So it's not like Pearl Harbor was, as they kept saying, like this is just like Pearl Harbor. It's not like Pearl Harbor was being attacked. And then they were doing their simulations over on the East Coast, and that just is super weirdly coincidental. No, we're mm-hmm. talking about the same quadrant of the nation that we were having attacks in was mm-hmm. the same one, the same area of operation that, that was in the training area. So it's, it's so mathematically impossible that it's mm-hmm. not an inside job at that. I mean, once you start putting those pieces together, it's dumb. Yeah. Where yeah. is NORAD? Like, where are they headquartered at? Do you know? Or them? I mean, obviously they have more than one. But where would the the place that that was in charge of that? Do you know where that? It's somewhere in my brain. I want to say, I want to say Colorado, but I think that might be. I think it's. I know Colorado. it doesn't matter, but I was just curious. Yeah. Okay, so those are the the main discrepancies that happened with NORAD. It was just a complete. I mean, if you're at a job and something goes terribly wrong, they're going to trace it back and it's going to be somebody's fault. And there's going to be, you know, a punishment of some kind. There's a demotion. There's a something like some somebody dropped the ball here. And here we're talking about somebody dropped a lot of balls to let all four of these planes go off course mm-hmm. Stop it. <laughs> to go off course <laughs> for that long and nothing to happen to them when we know that they were routinely intercepting planes. Yeah. So they were able to scramble jets super quickly and get out there if somebody was off course and somehow magically they just didn't know that it was real. I mean, I think of it from the perspective of those people that were working, like how guilty would you feel? You know, like, because when you're in a simulation, sometimes you're joking around and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to hit the World Trade Center, you know, the guilt that those people would have felt, like, knowing that it was actually happening, like, that I would have, I would feel so bad, you know, when you do something where you should have prevented something in your job and you didn't and you feel terrible. This is, like, such a huge, I don't know, I imagine the guilt that those people felt was 
that part of it is diabolical if you think about it like i mean the whole thing of it i mean if we're recapping you know they 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 basically set charges in all of these buildings and then they imploded them on purpose after they pretend hijacked the plane after they pretend pretend slammed it into the side of the building and then killed all those 3000 people plus all of those firefighters running in to save them plus all the people that are jumping off the building you know all of those things that we're seeing on tv the fear the fear the fear over and over again and then to to be on the team as you said that that just wasn't available we just weren't available there's so many Mm -hmm. things that add up to how evil this whole thing is especially when we get to the end um but i don't want to go too far ahead of myself so what do we got next so next we're going to go over a little bit of the pentagon because there was some very strange things at the pentagon Hmm. um so unlike the twin towers there's no clear footage of the pentagon somehow nobody got a video supposedly with uh, it's supposedly they collected all of the surveillance footage that gas stations you know all these places around there the pentagon you know there's... you know the the pentagon has to have so many cameras I mean, going there i mean i think they have one shot of it from like a guard shack yes. or something so like they that. have all those so the, but that was the fbi that got there so quickly i think we talked about that in the last one how fast they they had control of the scene mm-hmm. so the fbi goes around collects all the cctv from the places around there and somehow drum roll all of this footage got misplaced they can't find it what a tricky tricky incident yeah so there's one shot from from uh i think that they said that the camera was on a light pole that was next to a guard station or something and that's the only footage that we have and it's really crazy but i don't see a plane in the footage you can you can find it and they did just release a new clip of it or whatever it's kind of like a simulation of what it would look like if the plane were flying uh and then at the moment of impact there's no there's no plane there which is super weird so if uh freedom of information act was submitted to get the footage from that from that day and it was denied because the footage was missing i can't find hmm. it interesting yeah i didn't know they could deny those so then everyone who saw the incoming flight, including the Dallas airport flight controllers, thought the plane was a military fighter jet. So so all these people, they, they saw the plane and they, they saw a military jet and they thought in their minds, because they knew what was happening in New York, they thought in their minds, yes, we finally got one of our guys in the air to take care of this stuff. You know, they were, people had hope at that at that point, so much so they thought that that was one of our planes which is really weird because there's no obviously one of our planes didn't hit the pentagon and they thought it was specifically thought it was a fighter jet the people that obviously these and these people that are in the air traffic control they know the difference between a military plane and Mm -hmm. a commercial jet so they were calling it one of our fighter jets so hmm. you tell me if you think that these people would know the difference between these two types of planes. So the one thing a fighter jet, well, not the one thing, but the big thing that a fighter jet has as opposed to a commercial jet is they have, bing, 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 missiles. So if, yeah, you look at, you, if you look at what a missile looks like when it hits the side of a building and the kind of destruction that's there, and then look at the footage that you can of the Pentagon, 
and the aftermath. And I don't see how anybody can actually think that a plane did that. There was no plane parts found at the no scene. Shrapnel. There was no shrapnel. There was, like we talked about before in the Shanksville part, there was no, these are, if this was a passenger jet and it was able to make this corkscrew maneuver, hit the Pentagon at almost exactly ground level without hitting anything else, doesn't knock down trees, doesn't knock down power poles. I think it hit one light pole. And then it hits the side of the Pentagon and there's not a piece of luggage. There's not a piece of clothing. There's Is not there a passport. <laughs> I think there was. <laughs> See, they should have just built the Pentagon out of passports. Yeah, that thing would have bounced right. That <sighs> scud missile wallpaper. would have bounced right off. I know. So there, and I mean, not to be morbid, but there's not an arm or a leg or a, you know, there's nothing. Right. There's nothing in this footage. It, it, what, what it made me think of is uh, oddly, huh? is this how my brain works? We watched a documentary, babe, remember about Leonard Skinner? And, and it was like the people that were on the flight when it crashed and all, and it was detailing it and they were like recounting it. And the amount of shrapnel from just that small mm. Cessna plane that was all over the place, the, the, I mean, the, all the shrapnel and the clothing and the luggage and all that stuff was spread out for like two miles. There was just yeah, stuff everywhere. Imagine. And there was bodies. There was people. There was blood. There was all kinds of stuff. It was a very gruesome scene. And then you look at what happened at the Pentagon, and it it doesn't look like that. If it was a plane that hit the Pentagon, think of it as a circle for the fuselage. And then you have two giant wings with the engines that would that would knock like more of a kind of a parallel to the ground around yeah. that fuselage there was none of that there was one small hole and if you measure it top to bottom the plane wouldn't even fit in there it's just a, so the, I mean, we're supposed to believe that the plane like disintegrated right so vaporized. supposedly it yeah it like vaporized. but i've seen lots of plane crashes <laughs> and, getting weirder and there that doesn't happen these these engines are like made out of titanium well, anybody that paid attention to JFK Jr.'s plane crash, I mean, that was a huge deal. Mm, it was all uh -huh. over the news. And he crashed in the ocean, you know, and they were able right. to recover most of his plane uh -huh. from the ocean, you know. And, and so if, if you impact water the way that he did, there's not going to be much left of that plane. And it's going to be, you know, scattered all over the place. Hitting water that quickly is almost like hitting a building straight on. Oh, you know? yeah, mm -hmm. for and sure. there still should be remnants of that aircraft, especially if it was a big old aircraft. And there just isn't any. And the time frame that we talked <laughs> about last week on how quickly, what was it, mm -hmm. six months that they got that thing back up and running, they they got mm -hmm. all everybody moved back in and you're just like well what? oddly that part of the pentagon had just had renovations done mm -hmm. um, and it was the only part of the pentagon that was basically rated to handle a, a specifically an airplane crash mm. <laughs> stop it <laughs> no was the same construction yes. company working oh, on I it? I didn't even <laughs> look at that i that wonder if it's old george bush's old friend old buddy old yeah. pal it's yeah. crazy. So, and and the, the guy that's flying the plane, I remember you telling me when you were researching that this guy 
you know, went to, you know, the, the attacker that they say was the guy that took over the plane and flew it into the Pentagon. They say that he was literally the worst pilot mm-hmm. out of all, all of them. Like he was, he couldn't, he couldn't maintain control of a Cessna, which is a, which is a very small passenger plane. And, but and somehow a lot of he the, had control of the 747. A lot of those other uh, people that were, you know, pilots with them or even other, you know, actual current day uh, airplane pilots, they're like, that maneuver is very difficult to be able to Mm -hmm. screw a giant plane like that and to come through and to hit it at ground level like that. That's a very high level experienced um, maneuver. And there's no way most of them said there's no way we could do it, let alone this guy that is the bottom of his class that could barely fly a Cessna. So the whole narrative is just really wonky when you start putting all of the pieces together, like we talked about up until this point, but especially like no plane, but there's a passport. And the guy was last in his class, but he did this crazy maneuver, but then there's no plane parts. But then there was a, you know, F-16 in the area that had missiles yeah, and where you that start part to think gets me like big time. I think the missile actually makes more sense than a plane because the right. missile would explode and you wouldn't find much of it, and it would put about the same size hole in the side of that building. So, I mean, I don't. But think there it's was too no, far. there was no, um, what do they call it? There was no outline of the wings coming in. It was mm-hmm. just a circle in the side of the building. There was, and the wings, if they, let's say that they hit this side of the Pentagon and it was so strong because it was reinforced with passports that the wings fell off and didn't make a dent, you would still find the wings on the lawn. Like the, mm-hmm. the wings would be in the parking lot or there was none of that. Yeah. They said that everything from the plane went into the building and melted itself, but the <laughs> building itself didn't. There's that jet fuel again. It was reinforced. That dang jet fuel. It's it's the same jet fuel that they use in the other planes, the other jets that have crashed in the past. But for whatever reason, at this point in time, it's the hottest burning Mm -hmm. thermite (laughs) jet fuel that you've ever seen. And uh, it just doesn't make any sense. It, it, It makes you start hopefully asking these questions. What is it that they're actually doing? And we have a lot of weird stuff going on in the news today with Israel. And uh, we'll get into that in just a little bit. But um, it's it's important that you pay attention to Israel. Israel is not what they've told you it is. Israel is nowhere close to what they have told you it is. And uh, I think we're going to find here in a little bit that they had a large part to play in this whole thing. So Moving on. (laughs) So the area of the Pentagon that this plane, we'll call it a plane, um, supposedly hit is where all of the budget stuff was happening. So remember the Pentagon is where our kind of our military industrial complex stuff is located. So, you know, the, the budget part of specifically the army was taking place in this part of the building. And what's odd is the day before, so on September 10th, 2001, there was $2.3 trillion that was reported missing from the Army budget. And they were working on that. So remember, this is before we had, you know, the cloud and we had all this data storage space that we have now where things are backed up and backed up and backed up. This was before all of that. So supposedly they were working on this budget discrepancy, a discrepancy of $2.3 trillion. 
they were working on it in this specific part of the building. And somehow, all of those records got destroyed. So everything that they were researching, looking into to try to find this, all of that was gone. Bye-bye. Jet fuel. It's the jet fuel. It seems very convenient. Yeah. Yeah, Donald Rumsfeld got on the news on national TV and announced it. But then the next day, 9-11 happened and everybody forgot all about it. I mean, if, right, you, cool, tell, exactly. if you tell most people in America today, well, maybe, maybe better now that we have the Internet and everybody's kind of waking up. But if you would have mm-hmm. told them back then, you know, even even a year later, two years later, five years later, that the Pentagon had lost two point three trillion dollars the day before nine eleven, they would have told you, "I never heard that." That doesn't even make it. any sense. I never heard that in the news, but it never was. Heard it. In the I had news. no idea. And what was really weird is most of the time, if you're hip to the way they do things, the they they give you really bad or like weird news like this on a Friday. They don't do it on a Monday because then everybody has all week, all these people have all week to, you know, stew on t- it, to ask. stew on it, to tear everything apart, blah, blah, blah. So they usually do this stuff at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. So they announced this on a Monday, which was weird that they announced it when they did. And then boom, nine eleven happens the next day. Yeah. And then is it ever talked about again? I mean, no, I don't think so. We're going to let that go because red. we're going to go to war now. Right. That's what it turned into. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they were already banging the war drums. We were already yeah. talking about bin Laden. We were already moving on. Nobody wanted mm-hmm. to talk about that because we had to now get ready for this new war on terror. You know, right, that right. They were saying over they, and over They and over did again. end up. So the army did publish or did come out and say because of the attacks on 9-11 that they basically they did not file their 2001 budget because of the <laughs> loss of records and the loss of life on 9-11. So they just yeah. didn't have to publish that year's bu- hmm. budget, which happened to be the year that $2.3 trillion, million, trillion, million, trillion, trillion dollars million. was gone. That's pretty much what it should be. Cause we've never <sighs> seen that. Probably was money. Trillion, we million. <laughs> no idea what that yeah. even looks like. I mean, it's insane. And wow. not to mention the other shady stuff that's going on behind the scenes, which we'll talk about later. But mm-hmm. keep in mind that a large amount of money going missing at the time that it went missing is very interesting. We'll and this, the fact that they use the tragedy, the, the loss of records specifically, and the loss of life. They had to add that in there mm-hmm. for the, the reason that they didn't publish their 2001 budget. So, yeah. Did they say how many strange. people died in the the Pentagon oh, I have that somewhere. I think it's on my notes. I'm not sure in the Pentagon. I know it, it was an overall of about 3000 people. It was, um, it was, a, it was a couple of few hundred that were in that part of the building. Cause remember they were, had been doing renovations on it. So a lot of the employees that normally work in that part of the building were relocated and in, in a different area. Right. Yeah. And then I think essentially the only people that were in that part of the building that day were the people that were working on this budget discrepancy that would have the knowledge that this money was missing and and maybe even why so they gotta go yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i'm sorry we're we're definitely on to something i know you sound like a conspiracy (laughs) um so what else the hole in the building we kind of talked about that but so another thing is when you look at the footage of the world trade center and there is a what do they call it a wing outline. That's what I was looking for earlier. There's wing outlines from the planes that hit the 
towers and there is no wing outline on the Pentagon at all. And they, at one point there was a photo of like a helicopter that was kind of hovering near, you know, taking pictures and probably taking video and that kind of stuff. I don't know where that footage went, but there is a picture of this helicopter and the, even the helicopter wouldn't have fit in the hole that was on the side of the building. And a 747 is obviously much bigger than a helicopter. So strange. Yeah, there's lots of different theories online about the planes, whether they were real, whether they weren't real. A lot of people right. think that maybe it was Project Bluebeam, where they projected them into the sky with that technology, and it, and everybody seeing it saw planes, but it was the explosion. Um, the the planned demolition was was the goal. It was a mm-hmm. thermite explosion up there instead of a plane. And so, as you look at it, a lot of people have studied it and and tried to see if it was CGI as it was going right. through there or project blue beam some people speculate that it is and i don't i'm not going to take a stand on it because i don't know i know for i sure. don't i wasn't there but i do want to give all of the information yeah so some people speculate that there were no planes on 9-11 zero then that mm-hmm. all of it was either project blue beam, blue beam or missiles or whatever else somebody and, went out and and a, a gentleman i can't remember his name but he went out and did all these measurements and he said that the hole in the side of the pentagon was the exact same size hole that a cruise missile missile would make interesting i would be curious to know how many people on the ground nine on nine eleven. obviously that's a busy area mm-hmm all the time saw an actual plane fly mm-hmm. into the building because I we're think, seeing what's on tv which right. can be edited CGI. who knows what they've done to it i tend to think that the people that that they were planes that hit the twin towers because i there are a lot of reports of of actual planes hitting i don't think there was one taxi driver that they that they couldn't find again or something he was the only one that they had on video that said that it was a plane and i and and it could have meant that he saw a plane because people did see a plane but then your their brains maybe didn't process or they weren't staring at it long enough to see that it was a missile that came out they see a plane and then they see an explosion and they think it's that it was a plane that hit the pentagon but i don't think that there was i think there was only one eyewitness testimony of it being a plane that hit the building well, and if they're immediately being told exactly a plane has hit the Pentagon or the Twin Towers or whatever, the brain works really weirdly. Mm-hmm. And so that's what gets locked into your brain. And that's what it is, no matter what. I mean, yep. trauma. Yeah, exactly. It's weird. I mean, I'm not saying that there weren't planes at all. What I'm saying is, is they do have technology that can project things into the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very important to know because you can be fooled by things that are in the sky. I mean, it's right, possible right. for them to do that. So we have to be, be clear in helping people understand that we're not saying that there weren't any planes. What we're saying is, is it's very interesting what some mm-hmm. people have found in some of the videos that they're found slow motion and stuff like that. Um, just look it up. If you are more interested in that rabbit hole, something to look into. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the next thing we have, which Rick will be of much help on this one is another thing that nobody really talks about that day was building seven. Building so seven. We had tower one, tower two, but most people don't realize there was actually there's seven buildings that are part of that complex. The World Trade Center mm-hmm. complex It's not just the two towers. 
Um, so it was three buildings that actually fell down. Yeah. But only two planes. Yeah. So Tower 7 was kind of a weird one because there was a fire that started in Tower 7 earlier in the day. And everybody was kind of speculating that it was because it was hit with debris from the other falling debris, um, falling debris from the other towers. It was the it dang was, jet fuel. Yeah. It was about um, as far away from the, the main towers, Tower 1 and 2, as you can get on the complex. It was actually pretty far away. And thus, fires started going on on one or two floors for most of the day. The weird thing about it was, is when you saw it come down, it came down in the same way that the towers did, which was more of a controlled demolition where it falls into its own footprint. And we talked about that at length on the last episode where, you know, how you can do a controlled demolition and how that's really the only way that it would fall into its own footprint like that. It's just because building seven and tower one and two, all three of them fell into their own footprint. Yeah. The other, there was other, uh, there was, so building three, which was a Marriott hotel that was, so the whole area was like a 16 acre, you know, plot of land. So building three was a Marriott hotel and it was actually kind of more like cut in half by debris, like more like what you would think something fell and kind of cut part of the building off that, and it, you know, fell like if you cut cake and it falls sideways, like that's kind of more how that part felt. But building seven specifically fell again into its own footprint yeah and there wasn't any noticeable outside damage to the building like you were just stating if if something would have hit the outside of the building you would have seen some mm -hmm. exterior damage but you don't really see any exterior mm -hmm. damage what you see is fires going on on probably a couple floors and you can see that through the windows how the windows have been burned out a little bit and everything like that the interesting thing is is that people we're talking about how building seven was going to come down mm -hmm. way early in the day. Like that was my favorite hours before it actually came down. They were reporting it on the news. There Did was you literally the clip of the lady. If it, mm -hmm. She's in the UK and mm -hmm. she's standing there and she's basically reporting Oh, building seven is coming, has it's come down. It's, it's collapsed. And building seven is in the shot in the frame behind her yeah, it's and it's still her standing. Shoulder. She doesn't know it because she's not looking at the live picture behind her, but she's just reporting what she's looking at on her paper, which came from the CIA. And that was yeah. on BBC. And that was on, yeah, huge BBC. Yeah. And it was, so, it, it was minutes before. Yeah. So the, the tower hadn't even come down yet. They're mm -hmm. already reporting it. A lot of people on the ground said that people, uh, you know, um, were telling them, like the firefighters and the police officers and those type of things, construction workers that were in the area. They were being told by by their superiors that Tower 7 was coming down around 5-something o'clock, which mm -hmm. is weird because that's like exactly when it came down. They knew exactly the time. And when they were asked, those people on the scene, when they were asked how they knew it was coming down, they all they said was, we heard it from above. We heard it from above. And then when they were asked those um, supervisors, when they were asked where they heard it from, they said it was some random engineer that was walking around. Right. There's telling two them random engineers. This. These random engineers that were on site that day, yeah. they just kind of showed up and they were walking around telling these 
people, these supervisors, that Tower 7 was coming down very specifically at a very specific time, and it did. And not only did it, but it fell, as we already stated, within its own footprint. So, I and mean, the just to, anomalies Just to clarify, Building 7 was not a tiny building. Like, mm -mm. it was, let's see, it was 42 stories, and it was another steel building, steel frame building. So, mm -hmm. it, there's no reason... And they said the same thing. It, the jet fuel from the explosions above caused the debris to fall, caused it to catch on fire, and it somehow burned hot enough to melt the steel beams in this building. Yeah. But how do they explain the jet fuel wasn't in this building? Mm -hmm. That's what I don't understand. Because how did it get... If they're using the excuse that it was the jet fuel that got hot enough to bring the towers down. Yeah. What was hot enough in this building to bring it down? It doesn't make any sense. Because they were far apart. I mean, because they... it was the furthest building from the towers. Yeah. And these other buildings in between, the Marriott, there was a, what was it? There was St. Nicholas's Greek Orthodox Church. And Ooh. that building was, was crushed, is all it said. Mm -hmm. And then there was, let's see, um, there's there a couple other buildings. Is there footage of, of the, we, I know there's footage of, Tower Seven, but of like the Marriott and all the other buildings, not much coming down because we saw that video of the Twin Towers over and over and right. over and over again. Mm -hmm. Which part There's of me that. is like, how did they even get that video? Because the, 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 they didn't know that it was going to happen, right? Who happened to be filming the towers at that exact? Because they have like right. like a rudimentary cell cell phone video from the ground. Yeah. Surveillance cameras, maybe I could see, like, if it happened to be pointing in that direction. But some of I these mean, are people that were specifically filming it, which seemed weird. It just yeah. all seems weird. So, so then there is buildings one. So one, two, and seven collapsed into their own footprint. Buildings four, five, and six, the only thing that it said is that they were da damaged beyond repair, so they were demolished. Mm. Okay. So, we and know? they were demolished pretty quickly. Yeah. Do we know who was occupying Building 7? Like, what did they do in Building 7? Do we know? So, let's see. I know I have it in here somewhere. So, basically, if you're going to take down another building, right, there's got to be an agenda. If you're, if you're taking, if, if it is a planned event, which we're making a very good case for, I would say, um, then what is the motive of taking out the Pentagon? I feel like we've already pretty plainly laid that out. But also, what is the motive for Building 7? Mm -hmm. And so then you have to figure out what is, why are we doing this? What's the why behind it? And right. I think mm -hmm. it's okay, because so of who's occupying the building. I Let's have go a ahead list. and read it. Uh, the tenants of Building 7. So they were mostly banks, insurance, investment banks. people, huh? that kind of thing. The largest tenant was the Solomon Brothers. Um, the other people that were in the building were Secret Service had, a had an office, the IRS, the INS, the DOD, the CIA, and the SEC. Stop. What? All, all of those people had uh, office space in Building 7. That's real life, folks. Nobody knew that there was a seat. Like, nobody, not even... The people that were working in Building 7 knew that the CIA had an office in there. The CIA has offices everywhere, you guys. <laughs> yeah. 
But so it, if you're doing a cover up of money, right? A large, a large portion of money that is missing. You have banks that are there. And a lot of people on the internet are speculating that in the basement down there is where they were housing a lot of gold, a lot of gold for a very specific reason that we'll not get into today. But there was a lot of gold and that may if we're keeping score, may have been the $2.3 million that went missing. And then trillion. all of the, or trillion, sorry, million, trillion, trillion, million, million, trillion, trillion. It's a lot of money. We don't know. <laughs> but it went missing possibly from there right before. And then all of the evidence was covered up. All of the so CIA, another, DOD, right. FBI, all of that evidence for I mean, all of their nefarious details. We knew that details. all of those people had a building in this had an office in the same building that seems odd but there was another so the sec was doing a massive investigation on wall street Mm -hmm. so their office and records were all destroyed they were this they were also investigating enron that was i don't know if you guys remember the enron scandal that happened Mm -hmm. um I'm not, we're not going to get into that because it's a big, huge thing. Maybe another episode, but yeah. Um, so the, the Enron scandal was made public. So it was announced to the public in October of 2001. Yeah. So you can, you can believe that they've been, they were investigate. They were like knee deep in investigations mm-hmm. in September. They announced it to the public in October. Oh yeah. yeah. They had enough evidence to be able to, you know, actually announce it and move forward with it. So all of that stuff got destroyed in this. Yep. Building seven, and then I, I found the plot this, thickens. The BBC wow. reported that Building Seven collapsed at four fifty-four p.m., but the building didn't actually collapse or fall until five twenty p.m. Five twenty, almost exactly yeah. how the engineer said it was going to come down. Yeah, it was super weird. Um, and then a CNN reported at four fifteen. So again, it didn't collapse until 520, but CNN reported at 415 that Building 7 was in severe danger of collapsing. Of they, somehow, they, they somehow knew. Oh, I mean, they're talking about it for hours. Yeah. Talking about it for hours before it even comes down. And it is a, just a joke. It's just a joke. Yes. And for those of us that aren't paying attention, that are still, that still have our head in the sand talking about how 9 11 was, you know, the greatest atrocity from the Muslim world to us that could ever have happened. And then we have to go in this war on terror. The, mm-hmm. the, the, the biggest country that benefits from us going to war with all of those Arab nations is Israel. And when you start thinking about all the things that are going on in our world now with Israel, and maybe if you've been on Telegram, and if you're not, you should get on there and get on our fringy chat because I'm sending stuff on there all the time. I just posted a video of uh, Benjamin Netanyahu talking about 9-11 right after it happened, basically as if he was outraged by how these Muslim countries could have done such a thing. We've been telling you how evil these Muslims are. And what do we do? We fall for it hook, line, and sinker, right? So the Israeli Mossad is a large part of what happened with 9-11. It was orchestrated with a a combined um, 
a combined effort with Israel and America to get this 20-year-plus war started so that they could take out all of the people in that region and Israel can expand because that's Israel's dream is to take over that land. And they've been fighting over that land forever, as we know. We, as Americans, as an American military, eliminated a lot of their competition in that war that somehow lasted 20 years and lasted far more countries than Afghanistan, which is where they started. And to go back to what we talked about on the last episode, there were those five Israeli men that were up on top of that building that the woman saw when she was looking through her binoculars. They were in a unmarked white van in an upper um, parking garage watching everything go on and celebrating as 9-11 was going on. Then they got into their van, went to the airport and left and went back to Israel and they were never heard from again. So there's uh, this huge Israeli component that we need to start paying attention to and, and start talking about things like the Khazarian mafia um, and how the Jews aren't really Nazi Jews. the Jews that you think that they are, the Jews of the Bible. Um, it's a very interesting topic that we don't really have the time to get into, but you need to understand that everything that's going on now in the world is retribution for what happened on 9-11 because this was Israel and our own government attacking us, the American citizens. So so that that we would then attack their enemy. Yes. And they could steal our money and they could, you know, money laundering and all of those things that they do, which we've learned, you know, recently as all of the stuff with Joe Biden's, in his son Hunter's dealings overseas and how they're trying to send money to Ukraine to launder that money and how it has, you know, been proven that it came back to the United States, to the Democratic Party. Um, all of those things have been proven. And this is all retribution for what they did to us in 9-11. This is why they're saving Israel for last. And Israel is the enemy of God. And that's hard for us to believe because those of us that read the Bible, we see Israel as a nation that we should be paying attention to. God's Mm -hmm. portion, God's one that was set apart. But if you really read the Bible, you'll find that Israel has turned their back on God over and over and over again. And then when he, and I'm going to preach, here it comes. And then when he sent his son to die on a cross for each and every one of us, they killed him. The Jews killed him, and the Jews didn't believe him, and they didn't want to follow after him. And so what have they been doing ever since? Trying to get on the good side of God, the good Jews and the bad Jews, trying to destroy everything that God has made good. And so we have to pay attention that just because somebody says that they're a Jew doesn't mean they're a Jew. There's a lot of people out there that are saying that they're women, and we know that they're not. So it's possible that somebody is saying that they're something, but they're not actually that thing. 
Okay, so we can't have the wool pulled over our eyes as Christians thinking that just because we're Americans, we have to support Israel. Just because we love God, we have to support Israel. Look at the facts. Look at the evidence. Who killed Jesus? And who to this day is still trying to kill, murder, control the entire world? How many of our um, sitting governors and senators have dual citizenship? in Israel. Look it up. It's pretty interesting. Why is our nation so obsessed with Israel and why will we always support Israel and everything? Well, those days have changed because of some issues that they're having right now, but I digress. <laughs> okay, so after Building 7 comes down, they sent out a, a poll or a research project. So 3,000 architects signed a statement that said this steel frame building absolutely cannot collapse the way that they said it happened. It's, I mean, we're not talking a couple of people. So there was a couple of engineers that happened to be walking around saying this building is going to collapse. This is 3,000 architects that are big, you know, structural architects that looked at this, everything that, that, that happened in building seven. And they said this this can't have happened the way that they said that it happened. There's just no way. Another really uh, suspect thing was the owner of the building. There's a video, which is really hard to find. I think it's in one of those documentaries that we linked on our, on our last thing. But um, there's a recording of the owner saying, and I quote, pull it, which if you don't really know, like I could have watched that video and not known what they were talking about. But the, the term pull it is, is essentially what they say when they're ready to set off that daisy chain of charges in a controlled demolition. So that, that's the terminology that, that is used in the industry. Pull it is basically like when you see the cartoons and they push down the TNT thing and everything blows up. That, that's, that's the command that they give. Um, and so somebody, I think it was one of the reporters, said pull it like that but that's what they say when they're doing a controlled demolition that doesn't make any sense so then he puts out a statement that says they were saying pull it because they were going to clear the building of the firefighters due to structural compromise so they <laughs> they came out and said they said pull it they didn't deny that they said pull mm -hmm. it they said they said pull it because we were going to get we were going to pull the firefighters out at that moment because we knew the building was structurally too damaged for them to continue firefighting do they think we're dumb? Do we think, I think they so. think that we don't understand grammar and how it works? They, they would say pull them. They wouldn't say pull it. Right. Mm -hmm. Or they would say get them out of there. They wouldn't like, say get pull out, them. evacuate. Get yeah. out. Yeah. They would yeah. say get out. Let's go. They would use the actual yeah, code words up, let's go. for getting out because they don't say right. pull it. They actually say certain code words that mean get out of the building now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then, as this documentary went on, they there was actually zero recorded cases of a steel-framed building falling into its own footprint from fire in the entire world. Zero in the entire zero. world, which I thought was crazy. Now there's been one. Right. Well, there's technically <laughs> been three on the same day, yeah. same which day. is super weird. One of them so was then they have, at a certain time. This yeah. so in uh, 1986, this Alexis Nikon Plaza 
there, this is a building in Montreal that had a partial collapse of the 11th floor. The building itself did not collapse. There was a partial collapse on the 11th floor because they were like, oh, yeah, there's been other buildings that have fallen from uh, fire, you know, whatever, collapsed into its own footprint. This was a partial collapse of one floor. And that the only floor that partially collapsed was the floor that was actually on fire. Makes sense to me. So and then so then there's another one in 1970. This is the one New York building in New York City. Um, and this one, the connection bolts sheared during a fire, causing several steel beams on the 33rd and 34th floor to collapse. But the building itself did not collapse. So even with the bolts failing and shearing themselves off, it was only a, a partial of the 33rd and 34th floor. And that's it. Yeah, this has never happened before. The way that they say that it happened, it's never happened. So either they didn't do their homework or they're just this stupid. (laughs) I think both. They're just stupid. And they think Mm -hmm. that we're stupid and we're just going to buy it. And we have for too long. And that's why we're doing this episode. That's why we're doing this series is because we want people to wake up to the fact that we're not stupid. We actually couldn't have happened that way. And yeah. and it's it's almost like how many lies are they going to tell us before we stop and go okay they're lying like if they're if they're willing to lie about some of this stuff what who's to say they're not willing to lie about all of this stuff everything that's that's what I don't you know it's like fool me once shame on me fool, or <laughs> shame on you fool me twice shame on me like it yep. it, it does I don't know yeah. Okay, so another thing was in Building 7, there was the New York City Office of Emergency Management, which includes the mayor's bunker. Um, So so they have a mayor's bunker in Building 7 for in case there's a crazy event like this that happens. But coincidentally, Rudy Giuliani, who was the mayor, was not in the bunker. So when when Building 7 collapsed, he wasn't even he wasn't in the bunker which is where he was supposed to be because again, the building didn't collapse until five twenty PM. Yep. So there, that would have been plenty of time. Hey, Rudy, come on. We got to get in the bunker. Let's go. These, these planes hit the towers at, you know, nine o'clock in the morning. Let's by, by noon, we're in the bunker. Right. And this building doesn't fall until five. He wasn't in the bunker. Should be running that city from the bunker because right. he, he has is everything he needs to be the mayor and do his job from that bunker. But he just, he was where I didn't even know where they said he was. So either he had inside information or right. He had inside information. I mean, that's just how it goes. He would have been in the bunker. (laughs) I mean, like, why wouldn't he not be in the bunker? It's just, that's protocol. So they, they didn't do protocol for whatever reason. And then that building happened to collapse. It's just another anomaly that makes another you go, weird hmm, thing right so think. here's another weird thing so eventually the 9-11 commission report came out which was supposed to be everything that happened on that day that people need to know about okay it's supposed mm-hmm. to be in this commission report um, the experts are speaking you must listen right exactly there guess how much they talked about building seven in this commission report yeah. not Seven one pages. word not one word was was mentioned in the 9-11 commission report of building seven collapsing nobody even knew that it happened i didn't know that happened until like a few years ago but nobody knew that it happened 
Yeah. And that was the number one thing that, you know, when this all became a conspiracy, it was pretty, it was pretty early on, you know, people have been talking about how nine 11 was an inside job for a very long mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah. it was, a, there was, you know, a lot of people that just weren't paying attention because it was branded as a conspiracy theory. Therefore, as we know, it's off limits unless right. you want to be considered a crazy person and ostracized in public because yep. that's how they get you, right? If you feel like the CIA you want invented to fit the term in. conspiracy theorists, mm-hmm. and it's because meant they to be one of those trigger words. They want you want to fit in as a human, right? You don't right. want to feel like you're outside of your tribe. It's, it's built inside of you to be part of a community. And so certain people that don't have the ability to research or haven't done the research, they just dismiss it because they're like, for whatever reason, and I don't fault anybody because we've all been lied to. I think I've made that very clear on the podcast that I'm not making fun of anybody for not understanding this a long time ago. What I'm saying is, is please understand it now because we have very clear evidence that is, and it's not just us saying it. We're not just on this podcast making stuff up for ratings. You know, this is real stuff that, that has been proven and we haven't even gotten into all of it. But I think for now, we've come to a place where we've covered enough information to where you hopefully understand that this was an inside job. It was our own government covering up some of their shady deals, some of their shady stuff and covering up the loss of all of that money right? There's a lot of things that were accomplished in that one day. Um, and some will speculate that this whole 9-11 thing was predicted for a very long time within all of our predictive programming. And and I think that it had all of, so it had all, you know, we have the motive of all this money going missing. We have the motive of destroying records for all of this stuff. I mean, there, there's a lot of motive to destroy that part of the Pentagon and, and this building seven specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so the narrative, so then I look at the other, so we look at the Pentagon and we look at the New York city. So the Shanksville, Pennsylvania crash that was, that happened that one just it bothered me from the beginning because it didn't make any sense like what we don't of course we don't know where its destination was but let's do a thought experiment and say what if it what if it didn't have a destination what if the destination was some random field in shanksville pennsylvania but the narrative that came out of that flight was these people these passengers stood up for their country they stood up for their other passengers and they fought back and they crashed this plane into the ground so that it wouldn't so that they could minimize the loss of life what a tale of heroism right so what is that what does that program into the minds of the american people is in my opinion it 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 sears into their mind that you should be willing to die for your country you should be willing to die for your fellow passengers. You should be, so it, it kind of, so then in that sense, people, people all, all of a sudden have this sense of country. You know, they have this sense of pride. They have this sense of patriotism that they want to go fight for their country. Little do they know, because at that, at that time we didn't know for sure, we, we were going to go to war and people yeah. were going to literally fight for their country. So in my, I, I feel like that, that crash was almost more like of a symbolic 
you know, the people, because then of course they, which I, I don't think we should get into. And I really don't, I did listen to a lot of them, but the, the phone calls that people from that flight somehow were able to make to their families. These phone calls are like, some of them are weird, but they're, they're so sad. They're so devastating. These people are calling their families and saying, well, I'm on a hijacked plane and we're going to take this plane down. Like those phone calls were so, I don't know. They really got to me. So I don't think we're going to put them on the episode. If you want to listen to them, you can find them online. But and some of them were just really strange. Enough trauma for yes. each and every one of us that we don't want to re-traumatize people to the point of, of you know, this, especially when it comes to their families and phone calls mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So that's why. But And we don't really know what happened. At the end of the day, we don't know what happened to these people. Were there actual, was there a plane in Shanksville, Pennsylvania? I don't think so. I think it was another uh, cruise missile, personally. But there was a flight, and there was 40 people on that manifest that were supposed to be on that plane. Where did those people go? Like, do you think that it could be, okay, because we've all heard, what was it, the, the, what do they call it? Oh my gosh, I'm like totally drawing a blank. Uh, rocket, the rocket that didn't make it out, and those people all supposedly, you know, exploded and blah blah blah. The Challenger. So then they end up twenty years later. They find these people that look exactly like these these astronauts that supposedly died in this Challenger crash. Okay, so what what do you think about the fact that maybe these people that were on that plane? those people got taken off or got that plane got rerouted to wherever its final destination was. They take these people and say, you know, you're, you're, if you ever want to see your family again, if you ever want to talk to your family again, blah, 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 they force them to make these phone calls. And this is your script, I guess. This is what you're supposed to say. Those people are so, so the emotion that you hear in these people's voices is, is legitimately still there because they think that they're going to die because they have been hijacked. They just have not been crashed into the ground. So what do you think happened to those people? Did they get relocated? They get put in witness protection and. There's lots of speculation. It's really hard to say because I'm with you. I don't think Mm -hmm. there was actually a plane. It doesn't make any sense. But at the same time, we know from what we've learned over the years, especially these last three years, that they can use actors and they do all the time to to be these crisis actors, these stand-ins. And these people are very good at acting, just like every celebrity that's very good at acting that they don't eat children. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) Um, You know, so if you have these actors that are able to make it seem like um, they're really in, in peril, they could do that for a movie. You know, they, they do it all the time. They make it very believable for movies all the time. We were just talking about how much Rick cries during movies and Robert actually. Yeah. Big crier. Big criers in movies. I mean, actors can do a lot to your mind, but so I think these, I think these phone calls are real, but I don't think that the, the, what happened to these people is real or, or were they just names that they put on a manifest and that there was no people attached to them? I don't know. My question is how, 
if the plane is being hijacked, there's that much time for them to make all of these phone calls and then we're going to go take over the plane. Like that, that whole does, it just doesn't make sense to me. Right. And, and not to mention, remember back, people didn't have cell phones in their pocket. These were phone calls that were made from the back of the seat somehow that, the and those planes had never worked. No, I tried and, to use those phones. And the planes, the, the <laughs> pilots have complete, these, their hijacked pilots have complete control of this plane. They're going to leave on the ability for the passengers to call the ground when it's just a flip of a switch to turn off the phone system. They turned everything else off. off. Yep. Right. So I don't know. It's so weird. This, that yeah. part, this one really gets me. Well, and that's it's that's the point, right? It's supposed to get you. It's supposed to tug at your heartstrings to make you feel the feeling that you're feeling right now, the sadness and yeah. the and the hurt and all of that stuff. And I'm not saying that they don't exist. Those people don't exist. I don't personally think they existed, but I'm not going to say that for everybody. I think yeah. that they were crisis actors. However, if they w- were real people or not, everything that we've talked about up until this point points to the fact that it was a well-arranged, organized, predetermined outcome. And whether they forced people into saying something and then just got rid of them, actually killed them after they made their phone calls and just buried their bodies in the desert somewhere, or what, we don't know. But the fact is, the desired effect of it was the trauma, the manipulation of the mind. And And it was the trauma bonding. It was, you know, the day after on nine twelve, the day after all this stuff happened, the United States was as united as I've ever seen it. Yeah. Everybody was, everybody was like, oh, yes, let's do this. Let's, you know, we're, we're proud to be an American, you know, all of this stuff. Like, we're going to fight back. We're not going to let you get away with this. Blah, 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 blah. And then here we go. And this is where, this is where it turns into a false flag is that shifting of blame. Instead of instead of blaming the people that actually did it, which would be our own government of working alongside, you know, Israel and some of these other places, instead of us blaming them, we're blaming all of these Middle Eastern countries. So we'll go over and take out a bunch of people that (laughs) shockingly the Israelis want us to take out because they want that land. So it's a mutually beneficial arrangement, which I think the more, if you guys don't know by now, the more you've listened to us, the more you realize that the the United States government or the corporation of the United States, they don't get involved in anything unless it's a mutually beneficial arrangement. That's how this world goes around. Yep. It's all connected. And I think we've Mm -hmm. painted a lot of um, pictures for you, a lot of rabbit holes for you to go down now that you've been given uh this head start maybe watch those documentaries Uh dig deep into this stuff you can find it if you're not finding stuff you know ask us ask us on the telegram chat or yeah get on instagram we can send you you know a lot of links where to look because a lot of the stuff if you type into google what happened on 9 11 you know you're going to get that official narrative that we already talked about that's going to be by and large what you what you find on there because this yeah. is like the number one scrubbed scrubbed thing on the internet is the 9-11 conspiracy they have people that their full-time jobs lots of people their full-time job is to find this information and take it down yep 
Same with COVID, same with all that. This is their job, the fact checkers. So with that, guys, we're going to take this one down. We know that we have basically just fire hose giving Mm -hmm. you a bunch of information, but hopefully we painted the picture well enough to where you could say definitively in your mind something screwy. You may not know all of the pieces. You may not understand all of it, but something is weird about 9-11, and it's something that we are just hoping that you would search your own heart, listen to your to the Holy Spirit with inside of you. Hopefully, you guys can put aside all of the cognitive dissonance and all of that stuff and just mm-hmm. use your God-given logic. Allow the Holy Spirit to teach you in all of those ways because... Guys, Israel is coming for you. <laughs> it's it is what it is, and we need you to be paying attention because there is a lot riding on it. Because there is a choice that is always going to have to be made in the end. We know that we've read the end of the book. There is a choice: Are you believing in Jesus yeah. and His gift of salvation, or are you going to continue to live in your religion? and the things that you believe to be true based on what you were told by a human being. We don't live for human beings. In their words, we live for God. We live for his word. He is our king. We are one nation under God. That is the way that it was set up, is to follow after God, and that is not the way that we are following now. We need to get back to our roots as Americans and stand up for what is right and speak truth as our king jesus asked us to so with that we're gonna be getting out of here we hope you guys enjoyed this beginning of our false flag series we're going to continue on with more next time we are going to be talking about the vegas shooting which is also a very big topic and uh so stay tuned that'll be coming up next also stay tuned for our other episodes they're going to be a lot next saturday of good ones. 11 a.m. Eastern Time. 11, we'll 11, on, 11. On our, <laughs> 11, 11. <laughs> we'll put it out on our fringy chat and on our Instagram, the link to get you there. But in between now and then, if you have any questions, things you've wanted to ask your pastor, things you've wanted to ask your church, things that don't make sense, maybe things that you don't want to get judged for asking, but people you know, might shun you for asking fire away send them this way send them to us on instagram email telegram whatever we don't care send us your questions and we're gonna make a list of them and we're gonna give it to these four heavy hitters over here that are gonna have a a grounding a meeting of the minds meeting of the minds us four and the holy spirit our powers combined there you go so with that we're gonna get out of here we love each and every one of you and we're so thankful that you take the time to listen to us rambling on about these things we hope that you're getting something out of it we hope your life is changing in every way getting closer and closer to jesus as he comes nearer to you and with that we're gonna get out of here thank you again in jesus name we pray hallelujah Did we just transition into drama team, Rick? Oh my gosh. (laughs)